Uh, hi, this is Andrew Kreisberg, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. Welcome to Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to CBS's upcoming Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zorel. I'm Teresa Giacino. And my name is Rebecca Johnson. In this episode, we're going to be discussing some of the bad guys we will be seeing on the show, as well as one character who might help Supergirl out. Joining us to give more insight into these comic book characters is our guest, Matt Moore, who is one of the hosts of a great podcast called Comic Book Noob. Well, welcome to Supergirl Radio, Matt. Thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm really glad to be here. Yay, we are so glad to have you. And we're very excited to, to kind of delve into the uh, upcoming heroes and villains, uh, lots of villains, uh, <laughs> coming on to um, uh, Supergirl in the upcoming uh, new series. Um, but first, let's start with, with a good guy. Um, let's start with Red Tornado. Because as we know, uh, the casting for Red Tornado was recently announced. And uh, what we know about the CBS version of Red Tornado, first of all, he was, uh, he's being played by Ido Goldberg, who will be playing Dr. T.O. Morrow. Uh, A.K.A. Red Tornado, um, Dr. Tomorrow, which is <laughs> kind of great. The CBS character description from TVLine.com reads as follows. Red Tornado is the most advanced android the world has ever seen. Designed by scientist T.O. Morrow for the U.S. Army as the ultimate superweapon, he soon becomes sentient, posing a grave danger to National City, including the people Supergirl cares about the most. So, and another description uh, of the character from CBS.com itself says uh, much of the same stuff, except it goes on to say, once free from the U.S. government's grip, Red Tornado sets out on a path of destruction that only Supergirl, Melissa Benoist, will be able to stop. Now, this is really interesting because uh, as Rebecca and I were talking about, um, we know Red Tornado as a hero. Um, but a lot of this sounds very sinister. Um, so let's let's talk about Red Tornado as we know him. Uh, what is his origin story? Let's talk about that. Well, the Red Tornado is uh, yeah, he's one of these these classic characters from DC Comics. I mean, he's been around for a really long time. Uh, you know, essentially, his first appearance was in the late '60s. I think it was, it was Justice League of America number sixty-four, and. Uh, he was created by Gardner Fox, uh, and 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 Gardner Fox has got this long history of uh, creating really interesting and long-lasting characters. It's a, uh, I mean, he's he you know he started during the uh, I want to say, uh, gosh, uh, hmm, 
he's in the golden age and he went through the silver age as well. And, but he just, he did so many characters that have sort of uh, embodied DC. I mean, he, he wrote, uh, uh, you know, he, 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 he wrote he wrote Batman from you know the, the early the late 1930s and into the 1940s. Uh, he, uh, he he co-created the uh, the Sandman <laughs> among other among, oh, among yeah. others and you know, and he's been involved uh, uh, you know with the Flash and Hawkman as well as the Justice Society of America. So, but that just gives you an idea of you know the, of the scope of 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 his creator and and Red Tornado has sort of had, he's had this really long history and he's he's. He, He's always sort of been this really weird amalgam of, uh, you know, like 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 alternate Earth uh, uh, hero, air elemental, android. Of course, is the underlying theme for the Red Tornado, and uh, and and that is that the and the android portion has never really changed. I mean, even all the way up to like the the most recent run on Earth Two of DC Comics before they destroyed Earth Two and jumped into DCU, and and Red Tornado was was Lois Lane. <laughs> It's you know just it's it's very convoluted. You know, of course, it, it wouldn't be a comic book uh, character if it if it wasn't convoluted. So, but uh, it it kind of sounds like from what they're doing with Supergirl, and uh, you know, and you got to give them full credit. They are really just they're proving their super their their comic uh, comic heroes bona fides by, by by having so many possible villains on this show, and it hasn't even aired yet. So, but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and I've got to say, I'm really impressed. But I mean, by having Red Tornado sort of as a villain kind of makes sense because it kind of apes, you know, what he was initially doing uh, in the late 60s and the 70s. You know, he was he was, you know, he was he was kind of show, showing up and sort of almost like a, not so much a pest, but, you know, like the Justice League of America was just sort of kind of, you know, ignoring him and whatnot. And, and they kind of realized <laughs> you know, he's, he's kind of important, <laughs> you know, and, and Red Tornado has always had this sort of a. Uh, inferiority complex you know hey people they they like me but you know do they like me because they really like me but are they like me because you know i'm like this or you know i'm just not good enough <laughs> so i mean God. and uh, it's whiner it, it's, it's, almost like, it's almost like he's the Stuart smalley of uh of, of cape crusade <laughs> but uh, so i mean but you know he goes on you know through time and through the comics he uh you know he, he becomes more you know he he, he kind of i guess becomes more in touch with with what makes humanity humanity and this is a good thing and a bad thing and you know and he, he adopts the, uh, the 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 really standout name of john smith so <laughs> right so, <laughs> you know and and, uh, He's and also you know, very creative um <laughs> and he likes kittens so <laughs> I, I can't say that back but uh, but you know he does ultimately uh, you know court meet meet court fall in love and 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 have a child uh, uh although you know his wife they, they adopt uh, yeah so uh, but uh, cuz you know he's not really able to, to procreate um uh, <laughs> unlike the vision in the marvel universe which somehow some way did so but uh, that's neither here nor hey, there the <laughs> but, can uh, do whatever he wants <laughs> um no but uh i mean it's really interesting and I, uh, you know, even just going off of this description, like, um, when it talks about him becoming sentient and posing a grave danger to National City, um, a theme that we keep, you know, coming back to in all the, the trades we've read, even about Supergirl herself, is the fact that superheroes always pose a grave danger to the people they're saving. Um, so, you know, there, there was a time when people were suspicious of Supergirl and what she could do and whether or not she was actually there to help. So perhaps they, they might, they could be going that route as well, where, you know, he starts out as this suspicious kind of, you know, character and maybe in the course of, of whatever their story is together, you know, he might become an ally for Supergirl. I'm totally speculating, but, uh, that is a possibility as well. 
speculation or not, that's a very valid point, and that's that's often the path that we see with these with these characters and these creations. I mean, it's it's one thing to, you know, say, oh look, that's a that's a robot that's helping drive my car, uh, or you know, look, there's a, you know the Honda Asimo robot who's carrying a, a, a tray of drinks. It's another thing, and completely, you know, when you have <laughs> You know, an android who is super intelligent and you know can create cyclone level uh, wind bursts. <laughs> you know, to let him fly and, and create even storms and and sort of uh, serve as like an uh, as this ultimate uh, intranet by accessing almost any computer system on the planet. I mean, so I, you know, I'd be a little kind of like, eh, I'm a little unsure about this. You have to prove yourself to me. No, I'm I'm glad you brought those up because I did want to get clear on on what his powers typically are because I'm kind of unfamiliar with. Uh with Red Tornado. So you mentioned the wind gusts. Uh, what was the other thing you said about accessing computer systems? Well, I mean, because he's, uh, he's Android. And, uh, and as a matter of fact, in, in the comics, uh, he's, uh, he's basically his body is made up of these uh, nanites. So he can sort of alter his shape and, uh, and his appearance at will, as, as nano, and nano, nanotechnology can allegedly do. But so, yeah, I mean, so he can access computers. He can get access to all this information. But you know, he's really known for his ability to you know, deal with windstorms. Uh, you know, he, he's harnessed to the power of the wind. You know, he, he, he can create cyclones or I guess the equivalent of, you know, what we hear in the column in the U.S., you know, tornadoes. <laughs> and and he's red. And it's the name Red Tornado. <laughs> so, but, uh, you know, it's almost the as thing creative is, I, as uh, John Smith. <laughs> <laughs> you know, go with what works. <laughs> so, but uh, but he's also got, you know, and, you know, and his whole body is red and he's uh, got these yellow uh, you know, highlights and this, you know, this blue cape with a cowl uh, behind him. And the thing I've always loved about him. And I think, and then I'm not quite sure why this really drew drew to me. Uh, you know, my 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 adoration for this character is he has this arrow on his forehead that you know basically goes you know over the top of his forehead, and it's you know and the arrow points down to you know I guess to the bridge of his nose. So so, and I just always thought it was kind of it was kind of intriguing. And so you know, it just it's kind of simplistic, but it's a great design as well. It's funny you mention that because that kind of uh, reminds me of, and I know he came out way before this, but um. Uh, Aang on Avatar, The Last Airbender, um, who also has that kind of arrow going down over his bald head. And because he's an airbender, you know, that I, like a, it, it kind of symbolizes like the, the directions of the wind, uh, of the elements. I mean, I don't know if that's all, you know, connected to if there's a reason element wise why that would be a symbol. If iconography can look it up um, and let us know because we're lazy. Um, <laughs> I, I, it's just it's it's an intriguing thing to do, and that, and that is that's a really good parallel because I've often wondered if there's a link to that as well. So, but I mean, and and for people who uh, you know who may be familiar with or you know enjoy television television shows uh, and programming that that focus on superheroes, I mean, this is not the first time that Red Tornado will be on the small screen. Uh, you know, he's he appeared a lot in the in the cartoon Young Justice, uh, serving as sort of almost like a, a, a you know like a. a, a a group, a group, a group home mom for uh, the, the members of Young Justice, you know, providing them some advice and whatnot. So, and, uh, and then, uh, and I think, yeah, I think he was in the, the Justice League Unlimited cartoon. He definitely was. As well, so, and then I'm, 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 I, and I, and I, unfortunately, I never watched Batman: The Brave and the Bold, but I, I remember seeing mentions of him there. Yeah, there's definitely uh, a lot to pull from visually from those appearances on those animated shows. So I am wondering how they will display his powers because Andrew Kreisberg did make, mention that they were going to use a lot of CGI, of course, with him. So I, I wonder if it will look the way it does on some of those animated shows. Should be interesting to see. Well, uh, regardless of what 
Red Tornado actually turns out to be, whether he's a hero or he's a villain, or maybe a little of both. Let's get into some of the hardcore villains that we know are going to be appearing on the show. Yeah, villains are actually some of my favorite elements of any story. So um, the first one we actually found out about that was announced for the CBS version of Supergirl was a character called Lumberjack. And uh, according to CBS, he was described as a big, burly monster of a man who had battled Kara's cousin, that'd be you-know-who, in the past, and shows up to ascertain her level of power on behalf of an unseen superior. So it, it was kind of weird because Lumberjack happened, the news about Lumberjack happened, and then a little while later we heard about a character called Vartox who had been cast, and ever since then, we didn't really hear anything more about Lumberjack. So a lot of people have been speculating that somehow the writers of the show sort of mixed Vartox and Lumberjack, or maybe they completely erased Lumberjack and replaced him with Vartox. Um, but it sort of looks like the character of Vartox that we see in the trailers, he has an axe. So it may be a possibility that he's been combined together to create this kind of new version of Vartox. Matt, do you have any thoughts on the uh, the Lumberjack aspect of the show? Well, if they were going for obscure, they, they really nailed it with this one because I think Lumberjack had one appearance in the comic books. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and that's, 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 that's saying something right there that even, that even dug this guy up from 1980. He, he was a, he was a wonder woman villain and he was part of this, uh, this triumvirate of uh, super assassins uh, joining a uh, Red Fang and Changeling, and uh, that's about it. <laughs> it's, uh, it's. I mean, you know, I guess he was a lumberjack and he was okay, and he just left. So, but uh, so it kind of makes sense that they might want to maybe combine him with Vartox. And here's the thing about Vartox is uh, if you look up Vartox, he looks a whole lot like Sean Connery, and that's uh, kind of uh, appropriate considering when he came, you know, when this character made his debut in Superman number two eighty one. It was about the same time that uh, Zardoz, uh, the movie that Sean Connery oh, was in, <laughs> so no. you know, uh, I think I think I think it was sort of near to, or you know, not too far removed from when that movie came out. Uh, so it's uh, you know, it's kind of like. You know, it's, it, you know, whoa. <laughs> but, uh, and of course, you know, he's got this classic 70s outfit of, you know, of a, you know, thigh high yellow boots and a, you know, brown, uh, brown underoos and a, and a really smoking, awesome, hot leather vest and a bare <laughs> chest. So it's, wow. uh, so, yeah, you know, if, if they go the right direction, you know, you can, you can basically have a really kind of sort of this bearish kind of guy, uh, you know, with maybe some uh, awesome boots and a, and a big old axe. But, uh, I mean, at least, at least Vartox had, uh, you know, he was around for a little bit. <laughs> I mean, he had a, he had a backstory and everything. I mean, he's, uh, I mean, he was, he was, he was, he's from, in the books, he's from Valeron. Uh, and, uh, he, he's, he's an equal to Superman and then they were friends and, uh, you know, and he, uh, like Superman, he lost his home world and he found this other world to adopt and, and protect. And, uh, I mean, Superman himself even called him, you know, this force for good in the universe, but, uh. Then uh, Vartox's wife, uh, uh, you know, the psychic, I guess the psychic twin of Vartox's wife dies on Earth. And because of that, Vartox's wife dies. And, of course, uh, that means, you know, road trip to Earth. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> you know, he, he, he you know, he's, he's trying to guy, uh, trying to get the guy who, who killed uh, his wife's twin uh, to bring him to justice. And Superman steps in to... Uh, you know, to battle the guy who allegedly did this and he's got some of Vartox's power and, you know, it's, 
kind of a little hit and miss, but he's not really a villain villain. But uh, I mean, it's he's he's sort of in a gray area. So, but uh, it's uh, you know, he was uh, he hasn't really been around often since then. I mean, he's he was supposedly he was supposedly going to be in uh, 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 in, you know in Superman in, in the mid aughts, but uh, Kurt you know Kurt Brosiak, who wrote a lot of uh, Superman stories, had, had said that he wanted to bring him back, but uh, he. He never really did. Uh, although he did come back into the Power Girl series, which is another uh, another another Kryptonian power power book. But uh, yeah, yeah, I actually read a little bit of that with him and Power Girl, and I I noticed he speaks in the third person. He says when he's talking about himself, he'll say Vartox and not I, which I thought was an interesting uh, characteristic of of his character, and and he seemed to want to mate with a uh, Power Girl. So it was a, a pretty interesting story. Well, Matt doesn't understand why you find that difficult and complicated that somebody would speak. In the- <laughs> so. Matt, not, in fact, not- Matt, Matt, in fact, is kind of puzzled why that uh, you would even bring that up to Matt. Not so. unusual you know, at all. No, no, I think that's a great I, I think that's a great way to show, you know, somebody who's very full of themselves. Oh, and, clear, totally. and clearly Vartox is, uh, you know, you know, there, there is no there is no there is no equal as Vartox, you know, as far as Vartox is concerned. So but uh, oh. yeah, he that 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 storyline was kind of a kind of a. I, maybe a low point for comics, <laughs> was, you know, kind of a, you know, trying to get Power Girl to what into a fertility chamber and, uh, you know, send a pregno ray out to Valeron to sort of bring the planet back. But uh, so. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, now, you know, just uh, before we leave uh, Lumberjack entirely, like if they were going to combine um, Lumberjack and Bartox, what what were because he only had the one appearance. What was so special about Lumberjack? Like. Was he super strong? Was his axe magic? Like what? What was like? Why was he able to defeat Superman? Why? Like what made him? What were his abilities? Well, if you remember, that's that's the thing. Is I mean, you know, it's uh, lumberjack. Yeah, it's not like he really. He really. I mean, he was just sort of this. You know, he was this high powered assassin. That was basically it. And uh, I mean, you know, so I don't see exactly. (laughs) Maybe why you know Lumberjack himself is going to be able to do anything with uh, Supergirl or even Superman. Now Vartox, of course, Vartox was uh, was no spring chicken. I mean, he uh, you know he's he was he's he's what he's what's referred to as a hyperman. Uh, you know that basically he's got these you know these powers that are analogous to to, to Superman and, and to Supergirl and to Power Girl. I mean, he's you know super strength, super speed. He can fly. He's got the senses. You know he can hear. He can see far. I mean he can hypnotize people. He's got some mind control abilities. I mean, you know he's got he can he can emit energy from his hands. He can he can teleport. So I mean he's he's almost like a he's got the super breath. <laughs> I mean he's he's got basically every power almost that every superhero has. Yeah. Uh, I mean you know, he's got he's got a bit of magnetic powers. He's got you know he can he can freeze people. I mean he's he's this sort of kind of like this. What? Like one stop shop for like all villainous stuff. Literally, I mean, and, you know, and you know, of course, you know, during the course of the comics, you know, as you know, especially after Crisis on Infinite Earths, uh, you know, the, his powers kind of got reduced, but not, not amazingly so. I mean, he was still able to fly. He was still invulnerable. He was still strong. He had all the senses. You know, he could project energy. You know, and and, and he could even transfer all these powers to others. So clearly, I don't know. Maybe maybe they might use the axe as sort of this conduit. For him to, to send hmm. these powers, you know, to, to utilize these powers, uh, but it, it's it's clear it's he's not going to be some sort of minor threat for Supergirl. I mean, right. he's gonna if if they if they follow the route of, of this guy's uh, abilities in the comics. 
Well, let's, uh, you know, because this is, you know, all really awesome information from, you know, the character in the comics. Um, what we know about the CBS version of Vartox, um, well, first of all, he has been cast and is being played by Owen Yeoman. Uh, and according to TVLine.com, uh, the description of the character is, quote, In CBS's Supergirl pilot, Vartox is an alien convict who's been hiding on Earth for 12 years. After Supergirl's emergence as a public hero, he seeks her out to ascertain her identity and to do battle with her. Because that's what you do when a hero shows up. <laughs> and uh, in one of the trailers, and yeah, this, this moment is kind of great in the trailer, he says, On my planet, females bow before males. <laughs> and of course she says, This isn't your planet. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's a great moment. And clearly, you know, he's, he's kind of knocking her around in the trailer too until she, you know, stands up and, and is ready to kind of take him on. Right. Um, so I think they, they do kind of show that he is going to have comparable powers, at least that will give you know, this new hero some trouble before she really comes into her own. So, yeah, it should be interesting. Well, let's move on to another villain that we know about for the CBS Supergirl. Uh, Maxwell Lord uh, is, a, is a character that I am familiar with the name, but I don't know a ton about his history or uh, even some of uh, the stories from the comics. So uh, this will be a really good opportunity for me to learn about Maxwell Lord. Um, according to what's going to be happening with the CBS version, he's being played by Peter Fascinelli. And the CBS character description for him uh, says, On the new series, he will be portrayed as a green tech billionaire who enjoys a friendly rivalry with Cat Grant and a fascination with National City's newest arrival, Supergirl. So, Matt, wh what should we know about Maxwell Lord? Well, Maxwell Lord is uh, he's, he's a telepath. He can, he can do mind control. Uh, and he is actually in the comic books. Uh, he's one of the he's one of the, one of these characters so far that did not make any appearance until uh, the mid '80s. It was after Crisis on Infinite Earths that he was introduced into the DC universe. And he's the guy who helped work uh, behind the scenes to set up the Justice League International because he you know he saw that uh, you know he saw that the Justice League was sort of uh, you know it was kind of a drift and rudderless after what happened under Crisis on Infinite Earths. And so he. Uh, he 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 was able to sort of uh, rebond re, re and uh, and reband re and even rebrand the Justice League, not Justice League International, but but the Justice League, uh, and w worked behind the scenes. And you know, and he he was able to help them. Uh, I mean, just uh, get get back going again after after the, after the events of Crisis. Now, of course, uh, you know, this was at a time when it looked like you know when they were doing not just Justice League but Justice League America and Justice League Europe, and so you know, sort of like this nice little way of you know making the Justice League more appealing to everybody. Uh, and then, of course, we went into the Justice League International as well, and he was he was always in and there and part of it, uh, and it had helped a lot. But uh, he was, uh, well, for lack of a better term, I mean, <laughs> he. Uh, he started to sort of uh, grow to hate the superhumans because of what had happened uh, during, uh, you know, he believed that his father's death was sort of caused by, by the, by what, what they call the metahuman community. Hmm. And, you know, as a result of that, he, he, he kind of went a little rogue and, and caused things, you know, to happen that were not so great. And, you know, to, uh, 
uh, you know, really affect the Justice League International in ways that uh, shouldn't uh, have happened. And uh, I mean, he he ultimately uh, he ultimately sort of you know he came down with a brain tumor and, and died. But uh, it's one of those characters that sort of it's it's in the gray area. I mean, he he's he's got good intentions, but he's also maybe a little nefarious and devious, and you're not entirely sure what's going on with him. So, and uh, you're kind of like, eh, I'm not quite sure. And um, in the comics, Lord Maxwell Lord is he's famous for one particular thing, uh, in that uh, he shot the second Blue Beetle. Oh, really? Mm. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, he he shot Ted Cord, and this was happening during uh, uh, the Infinite Crisis era. This was uh, in the mid, I want to say 2005 or so, when this was all going down, and he. Uh, Lord was also he was kind of trying to influence Superman, you know, using his own mental abilities, and uh, uh, he sent Superman to attack Wonder Woman, uh, you know, and you know because he 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 caused Superman to think that uh, uh, Wonder Woman was Doomsday and was trying to find Lois Lane and to kill her, hmm. and uh, wow. yeah, this 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 spawned a, a even now a very controversial move wherein uh, you know. Wonder Woman, you know, Di- Diana realized that even if she were able to beat Superman, he was going to still be controlled by Maxwell Lord. So she, uh, spoilers here, she she snapped, uh, she snapped Maxwell Lord's neck. Right. I mean, and very publicly. <laughs> and uh, I mean, you know, the the footage was broadcast worldwide. And oh it, it, wow. It, it, yeah, oh yeah, it was it was pretty devastating. I mean, not just not just fictionally, but you know, in in in, in the real world as well, because it's you know, su- superheroes don't kill. You, they yeah. don't kill. They're not supposed to kill. And that she did that, it sort of was a game changer. And so that's going to be interesting. To uh, I, I'm I'm kind of thinking that given given the target audience that Supergirl's going after because they want it to be fun and. And and cheery, but not you know, but but you know, somewhat realistic as, as a as a superhero TV show can be. Uh, you know, I think that they're going to maybe avoid that. I, I can't say with certainty. You know, Jeff Johns and I aren't chatting about this daily. <laughs> You're not. Well, look at her, you. Um, <laughs> um, no, it's interesting that you that you bring that up because I, um, you know, just listening to all of this, this all sounds really. You know, just from a writer perspective, I'm like, ooh, he'd be such an interesting character to do stuff with. And I can imagine them, like, wanting to kind of play on all that history. And especially since, you know, I mean, kids now are are way more sophisticated uh, as far as, like, the stories they, they consume than I think I was as a kid. Um, just like a quick aside, for example, like, I was babysitting a kid once and he was a fan of the new Thundercats. Um and so I thought I was going to be all, you know, having a special moment with him and introduced him to the old school Thundercats. Um, so I brought over DVDs so I could show him what the show he loved was based on. And he was poking story holes in it. Yeah. Like he was used to narrative. He's used to like this complex, like there's a backstory and whatever. So when he saw the original Thundercats and was like, you know, hey, why are they flying through space? Why are they naked? Where did they come from? What do they want? And, and, you know, I couldn't answer any of those questions because the show didn't answer any of those questions. Um, I was like, wow, the, you know, kids nowadays, and he was like eight. So, you know, kids nowadays can handle some pretty sophisticated things. I mean, we're talking about a, uh, a generation that, you know, watches the Hunger Games, you know, and, and how political that is, you know. Uh, so, 
yeah, if if they do decide to do some interesting stuff with uh, Maxwell Lord, um, I feel like I mean, obviously they wouldn't probably go as dark as as they might on a fully you know late prime time for adults only show. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they if they took his mind control powers to some pretty dark places for even a younger audience. Yeah, I do wonder if they'll use Maxwell Lord to put Supergirl in a position where she has to make a tough choice. Um, mm-hmm. That That's kind of where I see that going. But um, yeah. Matt, I think this is great information because I, I knew about the Wonder Woman thing with Maxwell Lord, but I didn't know about the Blue Beetle connection and I, I didn't really fully understand why Wonder Woman ended up killing Maxwell Lord. So that that's awesome information to have. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, I do want to get into... One of my one of the villains that I'm most excited about. Um, she's one of my favorites, Livewire, um, who we know is going to be on this current season. Um, what we know about her in the CBS version, uh, first of all, she was cast and is being played by Britt Morgan, um, whom you might might know from True Blood or The Middleman. Um, and the CBS character description is. Morgan's Leslie, uh, as in Leslie Willis, is a confident, abrasive, and funny shock jock who works for Catco Media, the conglomerate owned by Cat Grant. When an accident makes her as dangerous and as shocking as her words, Supergirl must stop her. Of course. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, we, we've talked about her before on the show. Um, but, uh, you know, Matt, what's your take on, on Livewire being included in this Supergirl show? I think this is a great move because, I mean, Livewire is this uh, this really fresh and innovative character who has a lot of appeal uh, to a lot of people, you know, from people who knew her, uh, you know, in the in the Justice League animated series to uh, even those in the comics, you know, where she is uh, kind of a villain to Superman. But it's more of a more along the lines that she's more of a pest to Superman <laughs> yeah. uh, because, you know, she's trying to uh, uh, get his attention. <laughs> but, you know, she's also sort of got a. She's got a lot of attraction toward Nightwing, uh, you know, the you know who's in the Teen Titans, and it's it seems kind of obvious to me that she's one of these misconstrued, maybe even misunderstood metahumans. But at the same time, you know, she's also, you know, she's she's not she's not above uh, doing illegal things to help benefit her and to get her way. And I think I think we're going to see more of that. And I think the fact that she is. Her 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 Supergirl TV show origin is mimicking uh, almost verbatim, uh, you know, her initial origin, uh, you know, both in Superman the animated series as well as you know even in Action Comics, you know, where she came into the DC universe, you know, much like uh, Harley Quinn did, right. uh, and it's mm-hmm. and so you, so we've got these origins that are very similar, and and now that she's going to be on the TV show, the live action TV show, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm I'm, I'm just I'm really kind of hoping that they, uh, you know, I mean, show you know, make sure that she still does you know being this this gift of controlling electricity and whatnot. But you know, I'm kind of hoping is she going to have the, you know, like the ice blue hair and uh, and you know the yeah. sort of like these electrical <laughs> abilities you know crackling around her as well. So I I'm I've I got to admit this you know I'm I was already excited for the Supergirl show when I when I saw the first initial preview, uh, you know. The fact that they said we want to have live wire among among the characters, I was like, oh yeah, this is going to be great. So, and uh, I think a lot of people are going to really, really come to really like who she is. Totally, even and, um, though I, she's you know technically a villain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny because uh, it's funny you mentioned Harley Quinn because um, I don't know if you're reading uh, right now. They have um, Harley Quinn and Power Girl have a title that uh, Amanda Connor and uh, James Palmiotti are doing. Jimmy Palmiotti uh, are doing. 
Um, and what's great about it is that, uh, you know, Power Girl had amnesia. And so Harley Quinn wants to be a hero. She, she kind of wants to try that on for size. But she's a hero in a very Harley Quinn way. Um, and she convinces Power Girl to like that they, you know, were a team. Um, so she teams up with Power Girl on this adventure, kind of convincing her that, oh, yeah, we totally we fight crime together. That's what we do. Um, and so she has, you know, she she her intention is correct. But her answer to solving a problem is often to blow it up or punch it in the face or, you know, cause some other kind of havoc uh, to happen. So it'd be interesting to see Livewire become that kind of a character for Supergirl where, you know, yeah, rather than, than be a straight-up villain, she is a nuisance or she's somebody who's trying to to work with Supergirl for some other end. Yeah, I uh, I actually had that thought too, Matt, about what is she going to look like? Is she going... Because in Superman, the animated series, when she transforms into Livewire, she just kind of becomes that character with the the blue hair and everything. So there there wasn't a lot of transitioning into into that. So uh, I would definitely be interested to see what she looks like. And also some of her abilities to, I always loved it when she would go like through toasters or um, <laughs> through through electrical things. So I'm curious as to see how they portray her, uh, her abilities. Well, uh, let's go on to our next villain. Um, it's one we're sort of familiar with here on Supergirl Radio because we yep. read the Sterling Gates run where he is uh, very heavily involved. Um, so we're going to talk about Reactron. And what we know about the CBS version of this character, a.k.a. Ben Kroll, he is being played by Chris Browning. And the CBS character description of him is that he will, quote, wear an armored suit powered by nuclear energy, Unable to defeat his real rival, Superman, Kroll comes to National City hoping to get revenge on the Man of Steel by killing his cousin, Supergirl, unquote. So, Matt, what's your take on Reactron? Well, I can tell you what I know about Reactron. It's simply this. It is not a villain that is based off of social media outrage. <laughs> that, would, that it would probably be very timely in this day and age. No, um, Reactron is, you know, he's, he's the living reactor. And, and his origin story is, is that uh, uh, he... Uh, he was uh, serving in the Vietnam War uh, alongside Joshua Clay, who we, was a future member of the Doom Patrol, and Crullin massacred the inhabitants of a village, uh, sort of almost like a, a fictional My Lai. Uh, and mm-hmm. that, uh, that triggered Clay's mutant powers, and uh, he, he destroyed Crullin with his energy blasts and then, just, and then booked it going AWOL. And what happened is Crullin didn't die. He was, he was transformed into this, into this person and this creature who could, you know, he he became a living reactor. He could, you know, he could do radioactive energy and and you know send out these sort of concussive force blasts. And he, uh, you know, he did all this much later because he emerged to fight the Doom Patrol. And and then of course he went on to uh, partner with Metallo, and he was given this sort of this heart made of gold kryptonite. And uh, you know he uh, he killed uh, Reactron, killed Zor-El, who is uh, Supergirl's father. Yes, which is right? ne- never never a nice thing to do. No. That's, never, you, that's not how you make friends and influence people. <laughs> Um, so, but, uh, then, uh, I mean, and that's, that's sort of, a sort of, sort of seals the deal. And, uh, he, he ends up, uh, you know, Reactron, uh, he, he kills himself and that, that causes a uh, new Krypton to be destroyed. And uh, I mean, and, um, and almost every, uh, almost all of its, all of its inhabitants, uh, including Jeez. Supergirl's mother. So it's, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's not a nice person. And so he he's, is, he's responsible for the death of like both her parents. 
Essentially, yes, and and most of most of her, uh, you know, and most of New Krypton. Yeah. Now, you know, so I'm wondering, you know, will you know, having seen, you know, what they've shown in the previews, you know, is, is this is this what caused them to send her to Earth, or is this, you know, is maybe this is going to be something back that she finds out that later he killed a lot of these people on New Krypton? I mean, it's uh it's you know, it's because I mean, because you know, because in the comics, New Krypton is populated. By the by, the surviving residents of Candor, which right. was you know, which was on Krypton, so what kind of you know what's going to happen here? Wow. Uh, and 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 of course, you know, the, they could be changed for the TV show. I mean, you know, they don't have to stay and and, and mimic what goes on in the comic books. But they, but the matter, the simple fact of the matter is, is Reactron. This is one of these superheroes that's going to have, or not superheroes, excuse me, that's that's an insult to superheroes. <laughs> this I is know. one of these. This this is one of these supervillains, uh, you know, who is who has the potential to be, you know, coldly calculating, psychotic, uh, and just with no regard for for human life whatsoever, or or in Supergirl's case, alien life. My big question about the CBS version is that the description talks about how he wears an armored suit powered by nuclear energy, and I'm like, well, where did he get that armored suit? Because uh, I, I know in the books that we read, the Sterling Gates run, um, he had a connection to the government. Um, so I, I am curious. Yeah, he, yeah, he did because he was recruited by Gen- by General Lane. And he yes. was part of Project Seven 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 Three Four because you know, that's where he, that's where he got that you know that heart of gold kryptonite and got the got the partnership with Metallo. Right, and so now that we know there is going to be a General Lane on the show, that is very curious to me. That I, 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 I'm assuming, but I uh, could be wrong. But I, I think that they'll probably have a connection. I would hope so. It, it would certainly be, you know, it's. I think it's. I think it's important to sort of any any sort of any sort of Supergirl or Superman story that you have this villain that's got this uh, almost. Uh, I don't want to say melodramatic, but sort of this high drama tie. Uh, you know, sort of uh, almost, you know, as, as as this nemesis who is just so uh, obscene and, and so uh, profound that it it makes the the hero or the heroine question their ability to be a hero and do the right thing. And and, and if this is somebody who is going to who who in the TV show is going to be have found to have killed her parents, I mean, I would have a very hard time tempering that rage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it it's something that Supergirl struggles with, and even the the stories that we read. Um, so uh, I I think Reactron has a very good potential for causing a lot of problems for Kara and and having her make make tough decisions. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I hope that um you know since he is so iconic, pretty much in her in her story in her mythos, um you know I I do hope that they use uh the villains like Reactron over an extended period of time. Um, Cause some of these seem like they could be one-off villains. Right. Um, but then some of them seem like they can carry like the full season arc, uh, depending on what story they choose to tell. So I feel like I, Reactron would definitely be somebody like that. I agree with you. I, I think Reactron would be somebody who we might see, you know, throughout the first series and hopefully fingers crossed, you know, into the second and third series as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, going on from somebody who's really iconic and important to someone who's maybe not so much, um, <laughs> but nonetheless is a villain that has been uh, – that will be on the new Supergirl show, Non. Um, and what we know about Non from the CBS uh, version is that he was – you know, just that he was mentioned in the same uh, character uh, news as Red Tornado, Sam Lane, and Lucy Lane in Variety.com. 
um, and that he would probably be introduced sometime in the first nine episodes of the series. So he's going to be somebody we deal with early. Um, Rebecca, I know you were talking about how he has a, an appearance in Superman 2. Yes. Um, he's one of uh, General Zod's lackeys, if you will. He, he doesn't really do much in terms of uh, anything really monumental. He, he, he kind of roughs things up, and he's kind of a, a big, dumb brute. But uh, he is, I, I think, Matt, uh, you'll have to correct me, but I think that's actually Nan's first appearance in any kind of DC material was in Superman 2. It is. I mean, and he's, you know, he's part of the Donnerverse. You know, he was created by Richard uh, Donner. And, uh, you know, I think he was actually in Superman, was he not? Oh, yeah, he might have been uh, on because uh, he, Planet he was, Krypton. He was stand- yeah, he was yes. standing there with uh, General Zod and Ursa. Yeah, he was. He that's, was. He that's was, correct. Yeah, in that, yeah, in as, that as brief we open little... Up, uh, the, uh, the the council uh, in their sentencing. That's right. And what a, what a great way! What an awesome way to tie Supergirl back, you know, to to the Superman movie that uh, that you know really sort of kickstarted the modern Superman from the nineteen seventies onward. I mean, that's that's a wonderful idea to have him to have him as a, as a villain. I mean, granted, it's uh, <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't really do anything, and you know, it's, there's really not a whole lot that we know about him. I mean, he's. He was in action comics, but he was just almost, almost, almost as an afterthought because he showed up with Ursa and General Zod, uh, you know, because Superman had found a you know a Kryptonian child that turned out to be the child of Ursa and Zod, and I guess Nan was sort of the uh, the nonverbal nanny, perhaps I'm not quite sure, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so I mean, so this this guy's clearly an open book. I mean, you know, based on what we saw in the in the in the Superman two, he's he's muscle. He's uh, you know he's 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 a goon. He, you know, he was sort of mute. He didn't really speak. And uh, I but you know, he's Kryptonian, so you know he's got he's 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 probably fairly good with the uh, with the iron, which means uh, you know he's going to put up a good fight. And of course, you know, it's the whole the whole question of once. You know, is Supergirl going to find out if he is? Is you know, will she realize he's Kryptonian? And so, you know, talk to me. What you know, you're you're my link. You're my connection. You know, and you know, maybe, who knows? I just, I, I just, I'm kind of, I was kind of glad they did this. Uh, you're not even kind of glad. I am glad they did this. It's a wonderful nod. Yeah, and yeah. I, li- I like the idea that Kara will come into someone, uh, come into contact with another Kryptonian, uh, or, or or you know, he he may not. He may be somebody in the past. We don't know. Maybe he is in a flashback on Krypton. Um, but I, I would sort of hope that somehow he would uh, come into contact with Kara just so that she could ask questions or, you know, get to know more about her um, her family or her past or her Kryptonian history. And also to actually go up against some, you know, another Kryptonian that has her same power set. Um, but I think it's a possibility since we don't really know much about non you know in terms of a character description or what he's going to be doing it could be a possibility that if we might see kryptonian flashbacks on krypton which would be really cool and how, how could you you know not be in favor of that yeah yeah that exactly w- that would definitely be cool to see what they their take on krypton is i, w- I would be intrigued to see i mean because you have you know it seems to me that the various takes have kind of st- you know hewn to this sort of general blueprint up, you know, with some changes and modifications for personal style. Okay. Well, um, so the last villain that we're going to talk about who has been announced for the CBS Supergirl series is one <laughs> that kind of wigs <laughs> me out a little bit. <laughs> um, uh, we're going to be talking about Helgramite. 
Um, and so what Yay! we click 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 click. <laughs> so what we know about the CBS version of Helgramide is that he will be played by actor Justice Leake. And uh, from a, l- a little bit of a description that we got, uh, Supergirl, of course, will be chasing him. So uh, he'll he'll be somebody who will will be going up against Supergirl. So um, I was not as familiar with Helgramite. I did look up the actual bug, knowing that it's an actual <laughs> creature in the world freaks me out because it's pretty ugly. Um, but uh, Matt, what do you know about Helgramite from the comics? I know that Helgramite loves everybody and doesn't think that it's ugly. So, but... <laughs> No, I think Helgramite's going to be a lot of fun for the TV show because I, I think maybe this might be one of the, like the the heavily CGI characters, perhaps. So you know, maybe, maybe some green yeah. screening involved because because you know Helgramite is it, it's his, he in the comics he's he, he's he's Rodrick Rose and he transforms himself into this insectoid that is a lot like a grasshopper uh, and it gives him you know obviously the ability to jump really really far and high and you know and then he's got this sort of superhuman strength and. Of course, the insect stuff, aside from the jumping, you know, always seems to involve fluids (laughs) and cocoons and hard chitinous exoskeletons. (laughs) That all sounds so gross. (laughs) Yeah, if you don't like insects, you're going to kind of like this one going, ew, gross, get it off. What's on my leg? (laughs) I have a feeling that Supergirl is probably going to have to break free from some of those gross fluids. Yeah, yeah, or or maybe maybe rescue people. Oh, maybe. (laughs) She's going to end up covered in gross fluids at some point. Um, which, you know, sorry, Melissa Benoist, but I feel like that's in your future. Yeah, I think that's going to happen. Um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, <laughs> this, this guy, Helgramite. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Well, good. actually, uh, but I, uh, I'm excited to see, <laughs> I'm excited to see though, cause it, like you mentioned the CGI and I do feel like Helgramite is the kind of character that would be kind of like their Gorilla Grodd, you yeah, know, like oh, the way yeah. they handle Gorilla Grodd on the Flash. Um, oh yeah, yeah, he'll, yeah. He'll, he'll, he might be somebody that they save for like toward the end of the season um, as a big reveal, you know, and, and that would be really, really. Yeah. Maybe yeah, a big reveal or maybe one of those like sort of like standalone episodes or like, Oh great. Finally a break in the action. Something Loki. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Step yeah, and- on it quick. I'm going to be a giant, enormous rolled up newspaper. <laughs> well, I'm curious. I-, I assume that they will play him as, a, a scarier creature, but I guess you could also play it as a, a more humorous. And I, I know I saw a little brief clip of him on Batman Brave and the Bold. And of course that show is a little, has a little more uh, bent on comedy. Um, so I guess you could play it either way, but he, he seems like he would be a character who would be good played very, you know, in a very frightening way. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing. It's like he, you know, he could be played either way. And, uh, I don't know why, but the scenario just popped into my head where, you know, he it could be that, you know, Alex Danvers comes home and is like, Kara, I want you to meet my new boyfriend. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he, you know, here's this guy. He's really cute. Oh, by the way, he turns into a bug, but that's not a big deal. Um, I met him at work. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Nick he could be. on the Ugg Bay. <laughs> Alex, don't. I love how I just invented this relationship. It is now canon. I would would watch that. (laughs) No, but like, uh, you know, as as with everything else, I'm sure it'll have something to do with this, you know, with the organization Alex works for, um, one of their possibly alien 
technology will be responsible for for something. I don't know. Is Helgramite a, a, a villain for any particular character? Is he mostly like a Superman villain? Do you know? He's- no, he's 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 mostly a Superman villain. I mean, that's that's sort of where he makes his appearances. I mean, yeah, he was he was in the Brave and the Bold comic book uh, that came out. Uh, uh, that issue was number eighty in number in nineteen sixty eight. But you know, he and that was he. I mean, you know, he clashed with Batman and he's fought with the Creeper. And then he's you know he's he's you know a couple issues he he threw down with Green Arrow and Black Canary. But uh, but mostly you know in, in the post in what we call the post crisis universe. You know, this is after Crisis on Infinite Earths. He 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 did a lot of a uh, lot of throwing down with Superman. I mean, and it was just typically kind of sort of stuff like you know, like he was in one issue, he was he was hired by a Lex Corp board member to kill Lex Luthor, and uh, you know, I mean, so and you know, so he, that he ends up you know squabbling and fighting with Superman, and uh, that's just kind of the way it is. He 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 ends up uh, you know he he ends up being knocked out uh, you know while the Justice League is hunting down all these villains, but uh, but mostly I mean you know as, as you said he's been on the Justice League Unlimited cartoon, he was in the Batman the Brave and the Bold uh, cartoon, and uh, you know this this is a this is a real chance I think for maybe I don't want to say it's going to be like you know, you know like a light a light character because he's you know he's he's a villain and, uh, and but uh, he's one of these uh, he's you know he's He's one of these altered villains. He's one of these. You know, this is the. I, I maybe I'm thinking maybe this is going to be like you know the really deep sci-fi fantasy dive. You know, wow, sort of villain. And I have one more question. I have lots of questions about Helgramite. Um, um, can he go back and forth between being human and the insect creature? He's not supposed to be able to. Uh, I mean, it was. Uh, I know in, I in a couple of issues he he kind of was able to do that back and forth, but mostly it's he's a bug. <laughs> he's, yeah, okay. <laughs> he's, uh, yeah, he's, yeah, you know, he's, I don't think he's getting a date for the, uh, fall formal. Okay. So, you know, unless, you know, unless, wow. unless Gypsy or Moss is available or something, but. So, so he would, he would <laughs> <laughs> so he probably wouldn't be able to, uh, hide very well. Um, but I, I think Teresa, your, your analogy to Gorilla Grodd might be a pretty good one because I, in my mind, Helgramite would need to like hide in the sewers and things like that. Yeah. Because if, he, if he's yeah. a bug, he's going to, he's going to stand out. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah. He's not, he's oh. not, he wouldn't make a good spy. No, no. Oh, this is cool. I just realized that Justice League went to my alma mater. This oh, is great. Very cool. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. War, War Eagle, Justice League. <laughs> War Eagle. <laughs> so. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think I think I think you know Justice League. Uh, I think we'll probably have some fun with this one, and you know if he does it right, he might be able to uh, really make it his own and sort of a uh, at least basically secure a, a forever presence at the, on the con- on the convention circuit. <laughs> yeah, because I think mm-hmm. this is the first uh, definitely live action version of Helgramite. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. It's every every, every it's... other one, every, every every other one has been. Uh, has uh, has been you know animated you know obviously where it's right. easier to do. <laughs> so, right. it's, but, the, uh, it's the live action Helgramite we didn't even know we wanted, right. um, but now we've got it. So yay! Um, oh, you know, you know, you know, come come the fall, America will thank America will thank DC Comics. <laughs> and, and yeah. It should be a lot of fun. Well, these are definitely some characters, and I love that they're going like obscure in some cases, but they're still holding on to some uh, some iconic figures out of Supergirl's story. And I, I don't know, I'm excited for for all of them. Yes, um, I think that's important that they're doing this. You know, that they are willing to expose these characters that m- are not the greatest and best known, 
but I think we'll probably be able to really ensure some very compelling storytelling. And, and that's and that to me is is very much worth the trade off. Well, I mean, that kind of wraps it up for uh, for this week's episode of Supergirl Radio. Um, thank you so much, Matt, for being a part of this discussion. I mean, your your knowledge and insight has been so valuable for us. My mother um, will be so proud to hear somebody say that about the fact <laughs> that I so much time reading comic books. <laughs> well, so now how can our listeners find you and Comic Book Noob on the Internet? Well, you can see uh, – well, you can not see, but you can hear Comic mm-hmm. Book Noob. Uh, if you go to uh, assemblyofgeeks.com, we are part of the Assembly of Geeks uh, family. Um, and that's, of course, uh, you know, with Scott Murray and, uh, and Regina uh, Davis. Uh, we're the three co-hosts of Comic Book Noob. And, and, and me personally – uh, I run a little comics news website. Well, it's not even news website. It's more of just uh, you know reviews, previews, interviews, and personal views that uh, I run with a former AP colleague of mine, Stuart Condy, who lives down in Sydney, in Australia, and we call it OverUnderComics.com oh, for, cool. for, for, awesome. for a reason because I'm over and he's under. Uh, <laughs> so, and then of course I am on the Twitters at uh, Gorilla Scribe, and that's uh, the the classic spelling, not the Gorilla Grod spelling. Uh, <laughs> so people sort of. Uh, they, they they sort of forget that. But uh, and then lastly, uh, I have my own personal website, which is gorillascribe.com. So and that's usually just musings and photographs and uh, pictures of beer cans and my kids and not not beer cans with my kids or my kids with beer cans. <laughs> it's, we don't live in Germany anymore, so we can't do that anymore. But uh, so but uh, and just you know, musings and postings and random comics covers and, and uh, you know, images from superhero tv shows and other things that's awesome thanks well if you want to contact supergirl radio you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com you can like us on facebook and follow us on twitter and instagram all at supergirl radio and we're also available on itunes and stitcher so if you've got some time we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review And we are a part of the DC TV podcast circle, so if you also like Gotham, Arrow, The Flash, and the upcoming Legends of Tomorrow, subscribe to our DC TV podcast mega feed and follow at DC TV podcasts on Twitter and like DC TV podcasts on Facebook. And as for me, you can always find me over at the Mary Sue. That's the Mary Sue.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Teresa Gesino. Uh, you can find me on Facebook with the same name as my blog. So that's Facebook.com slash Teresa Gesino Experience. And I'm over at Patreon as well, uh, which you can find at Patreon.com slash Teresa Gesino. And you can follow me on Twitter at DerbyKid, that's D-E-R-B-Y-K-I-D, and watch videos I've shot and edited on my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash duckmilkprod. That's D-U-C-K-M-I-L-K-P-R-O-D. Until next time, I'm still Teresa Giacino. And I'm still Rebecca Johnson. And as Jeff Johns once said, evil is relative, and DC villains are as complex and as deep and compelling as any of our heroes. (laughs) 